It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 11, what is effective compliance training? One of the goals of any compliance program is to train employees in awareness and understanding of the compliance program. Your specific company compliance program and to create and foster a culture of compliance. While it seems axiomatic that compliance training is a mainstay of any best practices compliance program, the conversation around training has evolved over the years. The 2012 FCPA guidance stated the conversation, or rather started the conversation by stating, compliance policies do not work unless effectively communicated throughout a company. Accordingly, the DOJ and SEC will evaluate whether a company has taken steps to ensure that relevant policies and procedures have been communicated throughout the organization, including through periodic training and certification of all directors, officers, relevant employees, and where appropriate, agents and business partners. Beginning in the fall of 2016, through the announcement of the FCPA pilot program, the DOJ began to talk about whether you have determined the effectiveness of your training. The conversation continued with the 2017 evaluation, which stated, has the company measured the effectiveness of the training? This point has bedeviled many compliance professionals, yet it is a key metric for the government in evaluating compliance training. It has evolved further in the 2019 guidance with the mandate that training must be, quote, truly effective, end quote. Finally, the training must be presented in a language in which the employees understand, which means a local language if the training is outside the U.S. or in some other English, non-English speaking country. Also raised in the 2017 evaluation was the focus of your training program, where the DOJ inquired into whether your training was tailored for the audience. This added two requirements. The first was to assess your employees for risk to determine the type of training you might need to deliver by risk ranking your employees. Obviously, the sales force would be the highest risk, but there may be others who are deserving of high-risk training as well. From this risk ranking, you're required to develop a tailored training program for the risk those employees will face. The 2019 guidance spells this out in further detail. Not only in the design of who receives it, all coupled with back-end determination of effectiveness. Finally, all of this must be documented. Under training and communication, the following questions were posed by the DOJ in the 2019 guidance. Risk-based training. What training have employees in relevant control functions received? Has the company provided tailored training for high-risk control and control employees? Have trainings have trainings addressed specific risks in areas where the misconduct occurred? Have supervisory employees received different or supplemental training? What analysis has the company undertaken to determine who should be trained and on what subjects? I would suggest that you start at the beginning with an evaluation of your training program and move outward. This means starting with attendance, which many companies tend to overlook. You should determine that all senior management and board members have attended compliance training. You should review the documentation and confirm attendance. 
make your department or group leaders accountable for the attendance of their direct reports, and so on down the chain. Evidence of training is important to create an audit trail for any internal or external assessment or audit of your training program. Some other metrics you should consider in the post-evaluation phase include an increased hotline use. Are there more calls coming into the compliance department requesting assistance or even asking questions about compliance? Is there a decrease in compliance violations or other acts of non-compliance? Consider when using a survey, consider using surveys rather, to provide feedback on not simply compliance training, but to determine the effectiveness of a much wider variety of areas of your compliance program. These surveys can provide critical information on the state of your compliance program and provide substantive feedback for further inclusion back into your compliance program. In other words, a continuous feedback loop, obviously feeding into the continuous ongoing monitoring and improvement requirements from the 2019 guidance. Testing your compliance program and using that information in a feedback loop is therefore a key component of any best practices compliance program and one that you should strive to utilize with this information. The importance in determining the effectiveness of your compliance training has been enshrined by the Department of Justice. The 2017 evaluation and the 2019 guidance both demonstrate that the DOJ wants to see evidence of effectiveness of your compliance program. This is something that many CCOs and compliance professionals still struggle to determine. Both the simple guidelines suggested herein and the more robust assessment and results provide you with a start to fulfill the precepts set out by the DOJ as you will eventually need to demonstrate the effectiveness of your compliance training going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, how and why have you tailored your compliance program? Have you done a risk assessment of your employees and then tailored the training not only to high-risk employees, but different types of high-risk employees? So for instance, employees that deal with third parties, On the sales side, employees that deal with third parties on the supply chain side, how have you identified those employees and what training you have given them? What about uh, the uh, accounts payable clerks working uh, with your uh, SAP or or greater ERP system? Have they received compliance training? Uh, Many don't think of those as high risk, yet they're the ones that are approving invoices for payments. uh, And if they see uh, payments which are routed to an offshore bank account had they been trained on what to do. Two, the Department of Justice had mandated demonstrating the effectiveness of your training. So how are you going to demonstrate the effectiveness of this? What surveys or testing mechanisms do you have in place, Uh, even regression analysis, to show that employees have uh, gotten the message and gotten the word about the compliance training? And finally, uh, how is your training presented? Is it in uh, local language if it's outside the United States? Is it in, uh, if you're in Spain, how many different uh, versions of Spanish uh, do you teach in Catalonian, for instance? So you have to consider your audience, what their local language is, even if your company has an English language or English-only policy for business communications. 
Hope you've enjoyed day 11 of 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow and I take up another strategy, tactic, or pointer that you can use in your compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>